Hi, I'm Lizzie Phillips and this is the Networking Diaries. So today's uh, networking diaries, I've been doing networking since 2007, um, so a long time of networking. I've got lots of networking tips and uh, share, uh, sharing of secrets and stories. This month's uh, wonderful guest is joining us all the way from Israel, uh, he, Helena Baker. Uh, she runs a great networking group called the English Speaking Networking. Uh, she's been doing that since September 2019, although I've known Helena a lot, lot longer than that. Um, she runs uh, three groups, 80 members and one international online networking group. Helena, maybe you'd like to explain a little bit more about, it's nice to meet another fellow networker, events yes. networker, first of all, and uh, hopefully you can tell us a little bit more about your networking. Absolutely. Um, so I was lucky enough to do your networking in England, and I guess I was what we would call a serial networker um, back in England. I kind of did them all, tried them all. It's really how grew my business, and which was copywriting back in the day. I don't go near that anymore, but I was a copywriter. Um, when I moved to Israel, my plan was to really continue networking and to grow my business that way. And um, what I found to be the problem was that there was a lot of networking in high tech, which is not my field, or it was in Hebrew, and my Hebrew was not very good when I wrote in Israel it's now a little bit better um, but it's still not quite there so I decided to create my own networking group um, so I created English speaking networking there's lots of expats here there's a huge community many of them are business owners so I saw a gap in the market to create English speaking networking which is a networking group for English speaking business owners looking to gain more clients and we launched in Tel Aviv which is like the center city of Israel we then ex um, expanded to Yerushalayim and Herzliya um, and then COVID hit, um, which is obviously <laughs> was an interesting experience for a face-to-face networking group. Um, and that just caused a lot of change, a lot of online. Um, and now I have an online international group where we have business owners from right around the world joining to network, and um, predominantly America, Israel, and England. Wow, that's quite a lot of info there, Helena, in, in one hit. So, so, so let's go back to, uh, you mentioned you mentioned COVID. You mentioned yes. the dreaded C word. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually suffering with a cold today as well, as you probably tell by my husky, husky voice. Um, so COVID, uh, you know, uh, we've kept in touch throughout the years. And how on earth... Did, you know did you feel when things were progressing uh you know globally how did you kind of deal and and take on the challenge of doing networking uh during a pandemic so initially i didn't deal with it very well at all to be honest basically my business was launched in october 2019 and then the covid hit in march so i was about six months into the business and i did not think the business would survive to be perfectly honest with you back in the day online networking was not a thing like it was not something that was done now we think of it as very normal but like i was part of one online networking group which is very very poorly run it was very just not great quality but apart from that it just didn't really exist and I think people kind of forget that now so essentially when when COVID kind of hit 
I just paused all the meetings. I didn't really know what to do. I just paused everything. Um, and then I did some free online networkings, um, which I'm really glad that I did that on reflection because what it allowed me to do is really understand how networking online can work, how it can help people grow their business, you know, what the right tools are. Um, and then we went back fully face-to-face in about June, July time when, when everything in Israel opened up fully, fully. We had a kind of, we went from kind of full lock down to you know open which was a very odd decision but anyway um so i went then went back face to face and we restarted all the memberships and kind of reopened as it were um and then even though the law actually said we could continue face to face i no longer felt comfortable doing that because the numbers in israel got so high i mean they were and obviously there's no vaccine yet so we then went back online i moved changed the payment structure slightly so it was a bit cheaper for people moved everything online and they basically grew online for almost a year. We only started going back face to face again in, shoot, it was about four months ago. I'm, I'm confused with dates, but it was quite recent. And interestingly, only Tel Aviv went back face to face fully. Jerusalem and Herzliya said, we don't want to go back face to face. We like online networking. And every six weeks in Jerusalem and Herzliya, I have an online, I have a face to face meeting. But apart from that, it's always online, which I was very, very surprised by. I thought people would want to go back face to face. That was absolutely not the case. So online networking has really worked very well, um, but it was um, it, it took it was a, I would say it was a journey for me to get to a place where I really understood how to do it properly. Um, and and I, I genuinely remember for the first two weeks when COVID hit, thinking my business is over and I've just wasted six months and I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I was I was in a dark place, but it's it's all good now, thankfully. Yeah. And what's what's the um, well? First of all, I have my networking diary in front of me. We go. It's time to time to open up my little networking diary and uh, to ask you some wonderful questions. Um, so, I mean, you've obviously touched upon that it's it's quite hard uh, to to transform your business in a pandemic. Anyway, <laughs> to, what, say the- <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> let's just say if I hear the words pivot one oh, more time, yeah, and band word pivot. They can go after themselves, really. Oh, <laughs> not into it at all. <laughs> um, what's the bit? one of the challenges of you know as an organizer? Quite often, I don't know if you feel like that. You're like a, you're like a gliding swan, where you're just like desperately pedaling underneath when it comes <laughs> when it comes Eight to networking. Men to that. Uh, People don't realize the amount of um, organization wow. that goes into it. They really when, when I first started the group, what people couldn't understand and what has changed is that I charge for networking. How can you charge for it? But and like people were angry. And I was like, firstly, if you don't want to come, don't come, don't do many favors. Like they were like proper shout at me that it costs money. How dare, like, you know, real vitriol. I'm just like, calm yourselves down. This is a service I provide, not for um, you know, not for charity. Like I have yeah. to anyway. That was a big problem. I'm I'm hearing you. So one of the things I quite often get is, um, would you like to come along? You know, I ask, would you like to come along as visitor? And they say, well, uh, hang on a minute. Um, I don't, you know, I thought it was going to be free. And quite often I say to myself, one, I need to eat. Uh, two, <laughs> um, I'm pretty certain that, you know, if I ask for your services for free for an hour, I, that wouldn't happen yeah. either. So, uh, yeah, it's a strange world that we've been living in. But I think people are starting to appreciate, actually, uh, the level of service that, that networking brings, which kind of leads That's me nice. on to uh, international uh, online networking. So how 
uh, obviously network, one of the networking groups that I run is called Networking 90. Um, mm. And that has an international feel, although I think the furthest away that we've had is Dubai and France. But I, I mean, I love it. I love one of the things that's really opened up is being able to um, meet people across the pond, so to speak. Um, and it just gives a completely different, completely different feel to the actual networking itself. I mean, what what do you think it's kind of opened up for you? Um, I'll be honest, for me, it was very much like a strategic decision and a financial decision. The English speaking market in Israel definitely exists, but it is not endless. You know, there is a limited pool of them. Um, and I've kind of expanded into the major cities that I that I wanted to in Israel. Well, there is a few more here and there, but I didn't feel there was necessarily the market for it. So I thought, and to be honest, when I joined international, when I, sorry, when I launched international, my thinking for it would be that it would be like a Jewish networking group for Jewish people looking to network in Israel, America, and England. And that was kind of my basis of my decision. Um, what happened is that many, many people from all countries, races, religions, whatever you want to call, joined, which has been amazing. And I'm, I'm delighted by that. Um, definitely didn't expect that at all. I thought, you know, as an Israeli group, based here people kind of want to be networking with people in Israel for you know because they want to move here eventually they have family here whatever it is and um, but that's not been the case and and for me that's been awesome to be honest I met some really interesting people you know often the expats in this country you know they're amazing but it's nice to have a whole new type of people who want to come in and network um, and the international group what, what I really like about and I'm sure you have the same feelings about networking 90 is is in terms of the potential it's huge you know if mm. I can really get my name out as an international networker working online there's a lot of potential there in the way that Israel's a little bit limited and this is like the sky's really the limit so it's, it's a lot actually for me it's very very exciting it's still in its infancy but I'm really I'm excited to see where it, please God can go mm. um what's the what's the biggest challenge that you face as uh running uh, your own networking organization Gosh, so many, it's so many challenges. You, under, you understand this. I'm smiling because it's hard. <laughs> I think people think it's very easy, you know, put on events and it's all very sweet and nice. Um, listen, the main challenge is that I have 80 members um, and they're not always... And you know, we try to please 80 people. And I'd say 80% are just get on with their day and, and don't, you know, I don't really hear from them. But there's a 20% where either I hear very good things or, you know, they have very serious problems. Um, I have people, you know, complaining to me about other members sometimes. I have people who are upset about a certain speaker um, and what they said. Um, and it's really dealing with those expectations. Um, and listen, dealing with people is a challenge and I have 80 of them <laughs> to deal with their life. And I want to grow, which is even more scary. You know, my aim by 2022 is 100. So people, and the truth is that most of them I never hear from. It's the truth, but there's like this 20% that, you know, it's challenging, it really can be. Um, but, you know, you get better with it, basically. And you have to very much remove yourself emotionally, I find. Just be very logical about it. I think dealing I'm with sure the you... general public is what I generally yeah. say. <laughs> 100%. I tell you also what a big problem for me actually is, and you may have the same thing, is when we have face-to-face -face meetings and people get very, very lost and then I get panicked phone calls and, and oh, I'll tell you actually, this is, this is actually very, well, not, this is very as well, this is what happened in England, but when, oh my, the second ever meeting that I ever did two years ago um we had in Tel Aviv rockets we had alarms and the whole city shut down 
So this happened, the meeting was at nine o'clock in the morning. And as I'm getting a taxi to the location, I'm getting calls from people, is the event still happening? And to be honest, I had no idea what was going on. So my boyfriend calls me, says, Helena, just so you know, there's been rockets near the center, which never happens. And um, be aware that people may not show up. Eventually they shut down the city and I canceled the whole meeting. But this is happening like half an hour before the meeting. Like it's very, I'm my second ever one. I have no brand yet. Someone calls me from the car park and says, I'm here. I said, listen, I'm really sorry. I've been emailing you and trying to call you. We have canceled the situation. This person had listened to the radio and they were furious. How dare you cancel it? So they closed down the whole city and they sent everyone home. Don't leave the house. And she was furious with me. And I was like, this is the news. She's like, no, I was like, go home and please listen to the news and you understand <laughs> and then she did apologize later and then actually recently when we just got back face to face there was more rockets in Tel Aviv and they were very 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 serious and it happened on the the Tuesday the meeting was the Wednesday so on the Tuesday night I had to decide am I still going to have a meeting mm. am I going to move it completely online are people going to want to come are people going to feel safe to come um so in the end I had one and I think five people turned up which was and, and you know it was fair and understandable I, I got that people were very traumatized because they were really falling in Tel Aviv which never happens so that's some of the interesting parts about running networking groups in the middle east i guess that you, well, that, you face well, that, these things as well. uh so it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that helena um one of one of the sad stories that i have uh which is also kind of surrounds um just sort of events going on really is our london bridge uh wybn group was due to meet um basically two days after two days after the uh, London bridge attacks um so yeah so kind of always having to make um decisions on what yeah. you think will be the most responsible thing to do for others in the group um as well obviously making sure that you're commercially covered too so yeah it's it's, it's a it's a challenge um Anna who was part of who did the podcast last time was mentioning about trading and networking in Asia one of the things I wanted to ask you therefore is have you got any tips or um you know what have you seen from obviously being predominantly from the UK and then moving to Israel how they kind of may trade slightly differently or network differently okay so in terms of networking differently Israel is based on networking. So there's what's called like protexia in Israel, which basically means that like we were in school together. We did that. Here we have mandatory um, army service. So everyone does the army. I didn't because I arrived too late, um, obviously, which is, works for me because I wouldn't, could not imagine myself um, in the army with my fiance <laughs> you know, um, for four years. Um, and so everyone knows everyone. It's a very small country. So it's very much kind of about who you, I mean, obviously everywhere works like that, but very much so in Israel. Oh, I know this person who knows this person. And that's kind of how it works here a lot more than I've noticed in England. I mean, I say that as someone, and even for me as a networker, I worked very hard to build my connections here. And I'm often getting introduced to people who may be able to help me here and there. So I would say in terms of networking, that it's a lot, everyone networks here. Like, even if they don't realize they're networking, like the economy is built on that, jobs are raced around that. I would definitely notice that. And LinkedIn is huge here. I'm out of the game now with LinkedIn in England, but you know, LinkedIn is, is, is significant here as well. Um, in terms of trading, I have to be honest. Um, I think there's two sides to that. There's one that's trading with you know English speakers in Israel, which is in of itself a huge market, and then these readers themselves. Um, I don't think there's that much difference in terms of like customs or anything like that. Like most people you're trading with. They're not different from anyone else you're trading with, you know. And um, I guess the thing I would say with Israelis is that they, you know, 
they, they never think that they're, they think their English is perfect and it's very hard for them to hear that their English isn't. So even if I speak pretty good Hebrew these days, but what I found a lot is that even if my Hebrew is much better than the Israeli's English, they'll still speak to me in English because Israelis can't admit they don't speak English. Um, apart from that, it's, it's, it's not like you're going to like Asia or Abu Dhabi or Dubai. It's, it's, it's very much based on an American culture here. All the high tech companies are either have offices in America or are, you know, American umbrellas in Israel. Everything's very much based around America. So it's, they're trying to emulate that in every way they can. They want to be seen as Americanized as possible. So they're, they're really going to, and every company really has an English um, you know, an English speaker, native English speaker, associate or salesperson. So if you're dealing with someone, there's a high chance that they are, you know, a native English speaker. So it's not that different, to be honest. It's brilliant. I love, love, loving those answers. So what's the biggest mistake that you find when people yeah. uh, who come along to a networking group? Always the same mistake. They're there to sell and they're on a sales spiel. They're only telling people about what they do. You know this networking is about building relationships, about growing, you know, genuine real relationships. So people want to refer your business. If you come in all guns blazing and are just selling, 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 it's a huge turnoff. It's very boring, and you are it's not going to work. Also, more importantly, it is a slow game. It does take time, um, and I think that people really don't always understand that and a big problem is that sometimes someone will come to a networking the first networking event they come to they'll get business which is the biggest problem because if they come to one networking event and think they'll get business yeah. they then kind of think that at every meeting they'll get business straight away and that's how it works and they just got very lucky but they don't see it that way they just see it as well that's networking I should just get business you know <laughs> straight away uh, it's an educational process to be honest uh, which is challenging at times yeah uh, I like to call them hunters so basically they come they whisk up as many business cards as they possibly can and then yeah. flee apart again um so um what sort of top tips would you give people for um doing a you know let's face it all networking is about um there might be some form of pitch element in into it um so what sort of tips would you give people for doing a really great pitch Okay, so the first thing that I would say is it's not even about what you say, it's about your body language and intonation. So you want to stand up straight, even if you're on camera on Zoom, you want to do that. I see so many people who like, they move their cameras like this, so I'm lit, like, or I'm seeing their forehead, you know, make sure it's centered properly. You want to be smiling whilst you speak always not the whole time but you want to keep reminding yourself smile 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 because people buy from people they like and if you look miserable they people <laughs> want to buy from you and I do training some members on 60 seconds like that's part of the the deal they get and I always tell people make sure you're smiling when you're speaking and so change intonations so many people they sit there and they deliver the 60 seconds hi my name's Bob I'm a plumber I'm a really good plumber I just change hi I'm Bob I'm a plumber I'm a really good like you know believe in yourself and work and and invest in 60 seconds you know those are the most important things even if you're saying it's utter drivel that's that's the most important essentially and I definitely that. I think smiling and especially smiling for men to be honest I think men often think staff could form men you should be smiling in your 60 seconds um because you know, it's harder to really I is like I'm a friendly person I'm warm anyway I naturally do smile quite a lot when I speak. Even if I don't, I look animated. It's different. So, you know, definitely those are like the main things. And just, and practice, you know, do practice a little bit. Because I would also say online, 60 seconds is much harder because people are looking at their phones and people don't realize that. It's much easier face-to-face. You've got to have a captive audience. So online, you do need to practice. 
in terms of the format of it themselves, I always say kind of the same format. Introduce yourself, say who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Bob. Um, I'm from Lichester. Um, give a case study. We used to have a client, they had a block drain. I came, I fixed it in two hours. I gave them an affordable price and it lasted for four years. Okay, so that's understandable without jargon, quick, simple, easy, and then a call to action. And be really specific. Please don't say you're looking to speak with everyone, everyone's your client. That's great, <laughs> everyone's your client, but like people need help. They need to, you need to make it really easy to refer them. So say I'm looking to refer to um marketing man, and sorry, he's a plumber. So he's looking to, to work with estate agents based in the Lichester area um, from whatever it is mm, to whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, okay. Make it easy for people. If you you make arms ones for your business they are not referring your business and that everyone is such lazy 60 seconds you know what I mean like everyone great like what am I doing with that information like be really specific it's really funny it's great to hear it from somebody else um I do find that you know you'll say to somebody so what's who's your target market they go well everybody really I said, but our brains our br- yeah our brains don't work like that I always say like our brain is like an old-fashioned rolodex folks so if you mention you're you know you're looking for a particular industry for example or even a particular company that's how our brains can actually kind of sort through it and sort through the noise to be able to to find you some contacts um so it is time folks for this month's topic which uh, something I'm very passionate about I know you are too Helena having face-to-face meetings it's called the, the blog this month is called it's not all about the food folks so for those that don't know what I'm talking about is quite often when you go networking people that think that you're going for a tasty lunch a three-course meal a breakfast meeting whatever it may be um it's not about the food it is very much about the networking relationships the food is just to make sure that you don't go hungry whilst you're networking (laughs) realistically but the number the number of people that mention about the food uh Helena I want to know because obviously your your networking groups are quite uh quite early in the day what do you guys have for breakfast over there strange question it's really interesting so I so Tel Aviv is like my main Tel Aviv is the, face, the group that's been face-to-face the longest and the most yeah. like serious other ones have been off and on but Tel Aviv like apart from COVID has been so we started to Tel Aviv the launch with pastries yeah no one ate them not one person ate those pastries <laughs> no one I was fuming okay Love and it. then I tried loads of different things and then I brought crisps and I brought like um, pretzels I didn't like and basically honest to god people it's actually it was quite helpful is I had one member specifically who every week would say didn't like this did like this we didn't like this it was too noisy for us to eat we did like the fruit and honest to god it was a journey like it was a real journey for us to evolve to know what because the problem we I didn't do it at coffee shops so in Israel my spacing was a big problem finding a space I don't know how for you it is in England but for us the space is, is the biggest problem for me and the costs are astronomical like I can't spend a fortune on food because as it is the profit margins are slim which people do not necessarily appreciate yeah, so it was a huge problem with food um so I tried this and I tried that and then eventually we started making sandwiches and I would make them in the space itself um basically like before the meeting so I'd arrive much earlier like 8 a.m which for me is still very late for networking because I'm used to like BNI 7 a.m so <laughs> for me that was no problem so I made sandwiches and they would say no we didn't like this one whatever so now basically we have my fiance actually makes the sandwiches at, at, my, at our house the, the space happens to be very close and he's like very I'm like a 
he's like a very serious methodical person he makes them and then he wraps them nicely like I'm like a bit all over the place like it's not really my thing so he does that and then I walk them over and we have smoked salmon cream cheese sandwich we have a tuna and we have a veggie option but that's taken like two years to get right so that people are happy with it um and because I couldn't also pay for and even the catered food the pastries I get complaints about pastries that they're too fattening I'm telling you they're not healthy and when I do pastries no one eats them like I was bringing all these yummy chocolate snacky things and no one touched them yeah so um do do you have people say that they've got an allergy to gluten and then order uh no I don't (laughs) know definitely definitely not um because I don't know why it's interesting um no and for us it's, I think I'll tell you what the thing with you your challenge I think is that you are in a restaurant so mm. people assume that they're paying for the meal they're not really paying for the meal they're paying for your service they're paying for exactly. the space and the food happens to be there whereas for me it's in a workspace and I'm very clear that they get light refreshments so the fact firstly they get any food they should be happy um but the, it's it, because it's not in a restaurant I think the mentality is a little bit different around it I think and no one thinks they're paying they definitely don't think they're paying for the food because I mean we obviously I pay for it it's not cheap but like we make it here um that's, that's real love there right there by the way Helena that, that you've got well I don't know about you the lunch. Um, <laughs> with your husband but my my fiance is, is very much I, I joke he's like the CFO of the business is like the financial officer um obviously he's Israeli as well so he deals with the finances he speaks to Israeli suppliers because it's not just a language they're just difficult to deal with anyway so um he deals with everything he do, he is really a partner in the business and I've actually just started working with his company on their LinkedIn so we are when it comes to business we are increasingly intertwined oh, <laughs> That's great. No, my, my husband just tells everybody I eat lunch for a living, which probably doesn't help with, with the food. I'm sure it's very proud. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna it's on the same topic really uh, about food and drink in general. Um, reason why I asked about the breakfast is because in in Blighty it's quite common to have a huge sort yeah. of big breakfast which I can't I always kind of kind of not a thing my head around that around that it's not, it's not a thing at all no really not a thing here. um so uh talking so we're gonna be moving on to networking stories folks mm. so I'd like you to share a good networking story with me um one of the things keeping on the topic of food I thought I'd share mine first so um people coming to a networking event even in the evening or lunchtime think it could be quite a boozy event and sure there are networking events like that out there 100 <laughs> you know we've all we've all tried and dabbled awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my networking story in fact I've got two related to alcohol both at lunchtime I have to say so it's 11 30 so this woman must have been having a few beforehand God, yeah um came along thinking it was a a uh, a boozy lunch um and managed for those that think, know what a tea and coffee station is it's where you've got two big urns which are what 25 liters each something like that a bit. yeah they're huge um and a good 20 to 30 cups on there she manages to take the whole station down with her uh, by moving the uh, tablecloth it was like a magic trick but without the magic <laughs> and um yeah, 
I mean, it was lucky that none, you know, nobody got splashed with 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 the uh, the tea and coffee itself. But yeah, that's one. That's 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 story number one. Story number two. Uh, again, a lady thought it must have been some form of boozy lunch, but disguised boozy lunch. Uh, she decided to come with a co- a can of coconut milk, uh, and which I thought was really odd anyway. So we we provided refreshments, um, soft drinks, uh, mm. and as well as to, uh, you know hot drinks. Um, and this this coconut can remained on the table for quite a while, and it was only like near the end of the meeting and I realized that it just must have been full of alcohol this can and you know how do you deal with that <laughs> there's no there's like no coming so back <laughs> anyway so- uh so Helena you probably see like me you've seen quite a lot of stories yeah time for your networking story so I have two so I actually thought of one as you were speaking which I think you'll enjoy as well mine aren't drinking ones I have to say though I kind of wish that I'd been there for the coconut can um so my first <laughs> one was like, I went to a, a networking group that obviously was not yours it was a different one um and there were some interesting characters there shall we say um and there was a woman there um I don't, know, I don't know how to say this politely, really. Well, she would just kind of tell us very much about her predilections, shall we say, uh, which included a variety of things, some of which were perhaps more appropriate for Fifty Shades of Grey, and she was very open about <laughs> those. Uh, and then we later learned that she had had an affair with another one of the members who was married. So that was, anyway, so that was number one, <laughs> which was honestly crazy. I watched it unravel, like I watched it unfold in live, and it was absolutely mental and the second one which I just thought about now actually I'll tell you which group meets Lizzie was someone basically had a woman who was like a bit older had been, had been seeing someone and she told us every month like I'm seeing this person I'm seeing this person whatever and then she stood up to give her 60 seconds and instead of giving it she gave us it's basically explained that the guy that she'd been seeing he'd lied about everything like he'd said to her that he was like um from the army and he'd lied I think he was maybe either married and she didn't know about it like he'd lied about everything from the start and she just found out when she told us in detail everything like everything everything um and it was absolutely amazing I mean it was just I was on the edge of my seat I can't remember the details now because it was a long time ago but it was honestly it was just I mean I felt bad for it because she was fuming understandably but it was brilliant story Mike and she told she told it well um so yeah that was was another one I just remembered as you spoke I'm sure there's more like that um but those were the two main ones that came to mind well look uh you've opened it up now for another podcast uh with more stories so Less so it is, although I would say one more thing about a very a BNI chapter that I was a member before I left that two people met there and got married, which was very cute. Oh, there we go. That was really See? Nice. Networking with a happy ending. That's my dream. <laughs> someone meets a man networking and gets married. That, that's my dream. Oh, there we are. Uh, so you've been an absolute joy to have on today's networking diaries. Do keep on checking out our uh, website or connect with me on LinkedIn. I am just called Lizzie Phillips apparently I am one of just the only Lizzie Phillips on LinkedIn if you believe it or not there we are um and of course do connect with our wonderful speaker today Helena Baker uh Lena you've been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for coming thank on you. the networking diary so much. bye